Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Oh, clap your hands, all you people, the Bible says. Shout with a voice of triumph. We praise you. We love you, Jesus. We magnify you today. Amen, amen, amen. The book of Exodus chapter 19. Let's open the word of the Lord. Let's all stand for the reading of God's word. We're so thankful for the word of God. Amen. There's nothing like the word. Praise the Lord. We, we honor all of our guests today and so thankful for everyone that is here. We do have a, um, a Bible quiz team all the way from Bloomington, Illinois. We want them uh, uh, to wave their hands. They're, they're here with us and we're so glad they're here. They're a dynamic quiz team. Come to quiz with us this weekend. And we're better because of people like this. And uh, so glad to have them as our friends. To all of our other guests, we welcome you. We're so thankful that you've taken time to be in the house of the Lord. And I pray that God blesses you today. Amen. I was mentioned to someone and, uh, earlier, and I, I do want to say that it's good to see uh, Lynn and Heather here today. I've known them. First home Bible study I taught when I moved to Zanesville and uh, was down at their house in Crooksville as a youth pastor back in 2004 and been friends for many years. So glad they're here. Would you welcome them? So glad to see Lynn and Heather. And uh, you know, there's just something, there's just something about entering into the house of God. The psalmist wrote, David said, you know, talking about a discouragement. He said, until I came into the sanctuary, a holy place, a separated place where the glory of God, the presence of God. There's nothing like singing and worshiping with God's people. And it's good to be in person. We also welcome those on our, our live stream and website and YouTube today. We welcome you and pray that God blesses you at home. Uh, Exodus chapter 19, reading with verse 9. And it says, and the Lord said unto Moses, lo, I come to thee in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with thee and believe thee forever. He was saying, I'm gonna do an event. I'm gonna speak to you in front of them so they will know that you're the man that I've called to lead them. He says, so they will believe you. Can I say there is an attack on ministry? Credibility, validation, the voice of, a, of having a pastor in your life. There is an attack on that all over the world. Doesn't matter what culture is saying. We need a preacher. I'm not insecure and I'm not trying to keep my job of preaching what I'm gonna to preach today. But I'm just saying we need a preacher. We need somebody that can hear from God for us. And the Lord said, I'm going to do this so they, that they may believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. And uh, the Lord said unto Moses, go unto the people and sanctify them. That means to be made holy. Sanctify them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes. Amen. And be ready against the third day. For the third day, the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about. Listen, folks, my name's in the Bible. Don't mess with me. <laughs> thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves that ye go not up into the mount or touch the border of it. Whosoever toucheth the mount shall be surely put to death. There shall not an hand touch it. He shall surely be stoned or shot through, whether it be beast or man, it shall not live. When the trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. He was saying, I'm going to give the law, but the people need to have bounds in their life. There needs to be some fences. There's limitations. Today, I want to preach on one word. It's simply fences. Would you lift your hands and ask God to speak to your spirit? from where the Lord. Would you do that? Lord, we ask you to speak to us today. Ask you to speak to us today. Oh God, we praise you for who you are. Thank you, Lord. 
for who you are. I pray that you would bless this church. Let the revelation of your word be upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, Amen. You may be seated. We need fences in our lives, boundaries, limitations. A fence is defined in three principles. A fence sets boundaries. A fence determines what belongs here and what does not belong on the other side. It's a separated place between where you belong and maybe where you do not belong. What is yours and what is not. When you look up the word fences, fences is only mentioned one time in scripture, but fenced is mentioned many times in scripture. And anytime the word fenced is there, almost every time it is in front of the word cities, fenced city. Also, there's defensed cities. What that means is a city will always have a wall, a limit, a boundary. It does not just go everywhere. A city is surrounded by a wall or let us say fences. I will throw in here that another word that is used in scripture instead of fences would be a hedge about them. Aren't you glad God put a fence around you? And, 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 and the Lord, we see it in the book of Job where, where the Satan said, I, I can't touch him or anything that belongs to him because you put a hedge or a fence around him. Aren't you glad God has protected you and keeps you and guards your children and guards what belongs to you? Amen. I remember a lady got up in church and was singing around one time, put a fence around me, Jesus, she was singing. And uh, God has placed boundaries in our lives to protect us. And so uh, uh, a fence sets boundaries. Number two, it controls access. It limits what enters into your life enters into the city, enters into the church, enters into your mind or even your heart. The Bible says, keep your heart. Everybody shout, keep your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it come the issues of life. Even the garden of Eden had a boundary to it. Paradise, a paradise, but it had a boundary. It controls access and it also stops escape. Stops escape. It allows the fence, stops things from coming in that need to stay out. And it keeps things in that you don't want to get out. A fence is a boundary that we all need. The, the writing of the text today in Exodus is, is when they had came out of Egypt, they had been in bondage for many years. They were there for 430 they did not enter Egypt in slavery. They didn't enter Egypt in bondage. They entered in under the leadership of Joseph. And when they came, there were 70 of them. They were broken, broken up and, and 12 sons of Israel, 12 sons of Jacob, known as the 12 tribes, became known as a nation, the Israelites, the Hebrews. And they were there. It was good for a great period of time. Goshen was blessed. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that Goshen was the best part of Egypt. God's always had intentions for you, his people, to have the best part. Oh, somebody say amen. amen. You know, it's not the will of God for us to be without. It's not the will of God for us to be discouraged. It's not the will of God for us to live in fear. He's always chosen a paradise or the best for his people. But why didn't it stay that way? I'm gonna tell you why. Because these Hebrews that came in worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob they started compromising. They started allowing Egypt to influence them in Goshen. Goshen was set apart. They were set apart in their holiness, set apart in their lifestyle. But all of a sudden, Israel, the children of Israel, started wanting to be accepted by the nation they were living in. So what did they do? They started changing their ways. They started taking on their idolatry. They started taking on the Egyptian concepts. And it wasn't long until the Jews had been, had been assimilated into Egyptian ways. I'll prove it. They come out, go through the Red Sea. Uh, Moses goes up in the mountain to get the law. And under the leadership of Aaron, 
while the preacher's gone, getting the law and hearing from God, what do they do? He let the people choose who was the God that brought them out of Egypt and they, he allowed them to, to gather their jewelry, melted it down, they built a golden image and they made a calf out of it and they got down and they started worshiping a golden calf. They let the people choose what to do. Let the people choose who the God was. And they had been compromised by the religion of Egypt and that's why they ended up in bondage in slavery. That's why they begin to seek God and say, oh God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we don't want to be here anymore. We're tired of the, the stripes on our back. We're tired of the taskmasters that are beating us. We do not want to be here anymore. Could I tell you, if you compromise God's law, God's plan, God's word, you will always end up in slavery. You will always end up in bondage. You will always end up in chaos. Always. God didn't put them in Egypt to become like Egypt. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. Come out from among them and be as separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. We must have boundaries. We must have limitations. We must have the law of God in our lives. And so you got these people that have been in bondage and they've been set free. They come out, they've got this mindset. Oh, we don't, have, we don't have a Pharaoh over us. We don't have taskmasters over us. And we're free. We can do whatever we want. Live however we want to. Worship whatever we want to. And Moses is called up into the mountain. And it, 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 it's interesting because when he's up in the mountain receiving the law, a little bit later here, but when he's up in the mountain receiving the law, Joshua is up there with him. He's like at a halfway point somewhere while Moses is receiving the law. And when Moses comes down after 40 days, Joshua says, there's, there's a sound. I hear the voice of the mastery. I, I, I hear something, but it doesn't sound right. They're worshiping, but it's not the same tune it used to be. It, it, they're, they're worshiping, but it doesn't sound right. The Bible says it's a, a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. They, they've got, they've got co concepts, but it, it, it's, not, it's not in purity. It's not in the right direction. Listen, you can sing and it not be worship. You can say you're worshiping, but it's in the wrong direction. And what happened is, and he gets down there and they're worshiping a golden, golden calf. They, they have taken their clothes off. They're immodest. They're doing immoral acts. And here they are worshiping. Could I tell you, if you're not careful, if you have no holiness, you have no boundaries, you will always end up in immorality. Always. So let me go ahead and preach to you. It matters what you watch. It matters what music you listen to. It matters where you go. It matters what you talk about. It matters who you let talk to you. It matters. We must have fences. How many times have I watched young people on fire for God, adults, passionate for God and all of a sudden they have slipped back to the back row they've slipped out from where they used to be you can see the demeanor change every time it's because they stepped over a fence they went beyond the boundary they started doing their own things we got to be careful because our culture says we need to be a church without walls a church with no limitations. But can I tell you, a church without walls is not a church. A church with no fences is not the, the people of God. We must have boundaries. God has always set fences. There's always been boundaries. Somebody say amen. You, you, don't, you, don't, go to, you don't go to a jewelry store and they've got the diamond worth a million and a half just sitting out on the counter. So anybody can come and touch it, you know. No, it's separated. It's, it's in a shatterproof, bulletproof. You know, that diamond's in bond, is in bondage. We have to be careful the way we think. All you young people, you know. Well, Johnny's parents let him stay out to midnight. Well, you're not Johnny. I imagine Samson showed up and said, Mom, everybody else can cut their hair. 
You're not everybody else. An angel told me about you and you have an anointing and you have a purpose and God has set you apart for his use and so everybody else can do what they want to but you're valuable, you're, you're a rarity. There's destiny in you. So Samson, I understand that you look different than those you go to school with. I understand everybody else in your community can do other things, but Samson, I had a visitation from God and he said, you're gonna deliver the people that God's gonna use you to do wondrous things. Can I tell you, don't mock our holiness until you know why we built fences. We're valuable to God. We have a destiny. Can I say to every person in the building, why are you trying to, to, to fit in when God called you to stand out? You're the light of the world. You're a city set on the hill that can't be hid. Oh, can I preach a little while? He told, he told them, he said, I am making my people. He told Moses in the text, he said, the reason there's fences, because I am making my people a priesthood for the world. They are gonna stand between the world and God. We don't need some community club church. We need to be a people that are set apart for prayer, set apart for intercession. Come on, our city needs us to be holy. My family needs me to be holy. Pastor, what does holy mean? Holy means separated. That's what holy means. It means separated. It's not like everything else. It's different. Yeah, when God saved you, guess what? He didn't just set you free from cigarettes and alcohol and heroin and all these things. He didn't just set you free from those things. Now, guess what he does? He set a border. said, that doesn't belong to you. That's in your past. Job went as far as to say, he said, I have made a covenant with mine eyes. What was he doing? He was building a fence. He's putting blinders on That's right. Jesus said, it's not what enters a man's mouth that defiles him, it's what comes out. All this stuff saying, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. That's not the church. That's compromise. That's worldliness. Bitter water and sweet water don't come out of the same well. That's right. Somebody wrote a song and said, Jesus is our savior, but we use his name in vain. That's not biblical. It's not biblical. It's not holy. God's not pleased with that because when he's in the mountain and he said, he said, set bounds, you know what he did when he began to speak to the prophet? He began to say, here's what I want you to write down. He said, I want you to write this down. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Every fence there will be a thou shalt not. That's why our country's trying to take it out of our courthouses because they don't want God's judgment. Man, I feel this. I don't need anybody tell me what to do. If you don't discipline yourself, somebody else is going to. And I'm gonna go, we need boundaries. Watch, the law was more than, than just thou shalt. There was some things you shouldn't eat. There's places you shouldn't go. There's things you don't wear. You don't put, a, you, you don't put a, a two different types of garment together. I mean, he went down the line talking about separation. He went down the line, why? To protect them, to keep them. There's some things, if you don't discipline your food habits, the doctor's going to. He's gonna come in, he's gonna say, look now, you, you can't eat this any longer, you can't eat this, you have to do away with this because your blood pressure's out here and your sugar's here and all this stuff. We gotta be disciplined. You don't discipline your attitude, you don't discipline your concepts, you'll be in jail. Somebody be telling you what to do. Get a little room about that big. I can't believe it. the system's against me. Everybody's been against me. That's why I'm in jail. No, you are there because you want to live a life with no limits. Just do, watch this and hear me. A life that has no fences is a life that all, will always end in bondage. Always. Just do whatever you want to do. I'm free as a bird. You're going to be bound in a cage. All of a sudden you got alcohol that you can't lay down. It sticks to your hand. Can't, get a, get, can't, get, can't lay the liquor down. You're trying to lay it down, but you can't. Oh, you, you, you get up and say, you know, I'm, I'm going to conquer that. You go to 12 weeks of classes, get up and got, got a liquor. Three days later, you got a liquor bottle in your hand. Because why? Because you want to do what you want to do. Go where you want to go. You, you, you just know now. I don't want anybody telling what to do. Now, now it's telling you what to do. Pills in your purse. Can't lay it down with nothing. Nicotine. That's 
not the will of God to have something binding you. He said, for he whom the son has set free is free indeed. Can't stop watching it. Can't stop listening to it. Can't stop. Well, I just can't stop cussing. By the grace of God, you can. Because when he gets in your heart, he pushes all this stuff out that's not supposed to be like him. We need God leading us. We need God guiding us. Hallelujah. We need that. Hey, let me preach. The cross wasn't for those that were perfect. Calvary wasn't for those. Let me tell you what Calvary was for. Calvary was to come to that person that couldn't discipline themselves, to come to that sinner that couldn't say no to themselves. That's what Calvary was. It was a do-over. It was a start-over. And then God gives you grace to come out of bondage. He gives you grace to come out of Egypt. He gives you grace to come out. Somebody shout, he brought me out. Watch this, everybody be seated for a minute. If you were ever addicted to anything in your life and God set you free, stand up. Look around. Was addicted, but no longer addicted. Why? Not, not the works that you did. It was by the grace of God. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Come on, we are a church that believes in the miracle delivering power of Jesus Christ. He set me free. We'll praise him. Everybody jump your feet and praise him for a moment. God sets us free. God set us free. Woo! You can be healed while I'm preaching. You can walk out of here never touching that stuff again. There's power in the word. There's power in the name. Just believe. Listen, don't, don't believe the lie. Well, daddy was, grandpa was, so I will be. Well, mama gambled and grandma gambled and can never lay bingo down. And here I am, I'm just gonna be a gambler. You know what? Well, we were just born that way. It was in our DNA. That's why Jesus said, you must be born again. You can be. You don't have to end the way they ended. You don't have to die a failure. You don't have to even die a sinner. He could be. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. We sing it every now and then. Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. Oh, Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. Sing it, glory, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus set me free. And I'm so glad that Jesus set me free. Come on. Well, I'm so glad. Yes, Jesus set me free. I'm so glad Jesus set me free, singing glory, hallelujah. Jesus set me free. Satan had me down, but Jesus lifted me. Oh, Satan had me down. Yes, but Jesus lifted me. Yes, Satan had me down. Oh, but Jesus lifted me. Woo! Glory. That's why we praise him. I'm not what I used to be. He made me new. He changed my life. When I was growing up in church, they get up and sing this song. Once like a bird in prison I dwelled. No freedom from my sorrow. I felt, but Jesus came and listened to me and glory to God, he set me free. Oh, he set me free. He set me free. He broke the bonds. And I'm glory bound, my Jesus to see. Oh, glory to God. He set me free. I've been delivered. I've been delivered. <laughs> he set me free. Hallelujah. Not by my works. It was a miracle when he saw me hungry. If you're here right now and you have some bondage in your life, the devil's bound something in your world. 
Just lift your hands up. The Lord's going to heal you right now if you believe. Come on, you're going to be healed instantaneously. You'll be healed. God, come on right now. The Lord's going to deliver you by the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus. Be delivered from that spirit of bondage in Jesus' name. I command the spirit of lust to leave you in the name of Jesus. I command the enemy to walk out of your world. Be healed. I plead the blood of Jesus over you. I plead the blood of Jesus over you. Somebody shout amen. Oh, clap your hands and praise him again. Hallelujah. You may be seated. We understand what it's like to be set free. I'm not what I used to be. Old things have passed away. Last night we baptized a young man. It was so powerful. Somebody else is going to be baptized today out here. That's a watery grave. The Bible says in Romans 6, it says, we are buried with him in baptism. That like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we arise to walk in newness. Elbow your neighbor and say newness of life. Another verse says, put off the old man and put off the new and put on the new man. Now let me tell, talk to some parents that's listening right now. Those mistakes you made in the past as a parent was because of that firstborn nature that you had. Don't let that, those things that you did growing up, every person in the building, the mistakes you made because you were born a sinner, all have sinned and come short of the glory or the perfection of God. We all have this in common. We were real good at sinning. I don't care if you was raised in the church and your mom and daddy's an elder and mama was a Sunday school teacher and dad's an usher, it doesn't matter. You were born a sinner. You came out crying, selfish. First words you had after said dada because all my kids said dada first. Don't listen to her, it was dada. Finn said, well, what was my first word? I said dada. You know what the second word is? Mine. Y'all know that's the truth. Mine. Selfish. Selfish, all of you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's preaching to you. Turn back to him and say, you too. Amen. You're not getting out of this one. I'm preaching to those with gray hair, bald head, long hair. I'm preaching to everybody. We're good at it. Sin, Paul said, is within our members. When I would do good, Evil was with me, all of us. And we think because we're saved that we don't have to deal with our flesh. You're kidding, something else. You see, Calvary wasn't destroy just the satanic powers in our life. Calvary was to kill the flesh. Look at your neighbor and say, you are your own problem. And that spouse said, I've been telling you that for years. <laughs> Some of you mom and daddies wish your kids would sit beside you and say, pastor's telling the truth. We're our own problem because we don't like limits. There has to be limits. Let's talk about something for a minute. Emotions. We're living in the most emotional culture. Emotionally insecure. Emotionally, dis, emotional dysfunction. Depression, anxiety, insomnia, anger, management. All this stuff. There needs to be limits on your emotion. And no reason to get that angry. Well, the doctor said I can. Well, the doctor's wrong. The Bible says be angry. You have permission to be angry and sin not. I only get, I'm not, I'm not letting myself get any, any closer to that anger. It's dangerous. Say things you never say when you're angry. So I'm going to put a watch. The Bible says put a watch. Man, what would you... Well, just take your hand like this and look at that little governor. That governor's called wisdom. Say, I need you in my mouth. Put a gate. And you keep your, look at your neighbor and say, keep your mouth shut, glory. Say, I told you, pastors and the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, set a watch at your mouth. Why? because we're snared by the words of it. Those that said I can't and I can't are both right. 
what we say when we're angry, it's still, we're, we are still, how should I say it, accountable to it. Well, I was just mad. You're accountable to it. You're not going to go anger. Anger and alcohol and drugs are all taught the same limitations in a class. All at the same time, by the same teacher, the same moment, the same minute. Because anger does what alcohol drugs do. It, it causes your conscience to be seared. No, nobody goes to court and said, I'd have, I'd have never killed that person if I wasn't drunk. Well, you don't have to go to jail. I'm sorry. That wasn't you. It was you drunk. No, it doesn't work that way. You're still accountable for what you did when you lost your mind. I'm going to tell every saint in here, maybe sinners have no limits, but saints do. Saints do. You're going to be, listen, I'm going to tell you some of the biggest chaos I've ever seen in families is when somebody in the family that's the leader has no limits on their emotions. The Bible, I want you to help me preach for a minute. You're going to hit your neighbor, I'm sorry, but you got to, you got to help me out. The Bible says that, the Bible says that a person that does not can't control their spirit is like a city without walls. I want you to, I want you to, city without walls. Just come on, help me. City without walls. Look, now you're open to anything and everything. Any spirit, any chaos, any lust, depression, fear. Well, you know, I, I, don't, I don't need anybody telling me what to do. I can get as mad as I want. You're going to open your family up to chaos. Because anything without fences always ends up in bondage. Why did Jerusalem have a wall? <laughs> because everything that God values has limitations. Let's, let's talk about this for a minute. Let, let, God be our, let God be our governor. You don't have to get that down, that depressed. Well, I can't control that. Yes, you can when you have the grace of God. I'm not speaking for sinners. I'm speaking to saints right now. I'm talking about the people that God brought out. You got so depressed, you had to go drink. You got so depressed, you had to go smoke. You got so down, you needed some alternate thing to get you back up. God, we don't do that in the church. We don't run to that. We run to him. He is my strength. Lift your eyes to the hills which cometh your help. Your help cometh from the Lord. That's where my help is. It comes from God. Somebody shout, it comes from the Lord. I want you to praise him. I want to be able to say, God, help me have fences. Help me have fences. Help me have limitations. Hallelujah. 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 I need to guard my emotions. God, help us. Help us. Come on, let's just take a moment and pray. The Lord's doing something here. I've got to go to the Lord. I run to the rock of my salvation. Oh God, I need you in this room right now. Oh God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Would you praise him for his word? The Lord is here today. Be seated. Everybody say fences. The Lord said, Moses, I'm going to speak through a thick cloud so they'll know I'm behind you. But here's what I need you to do. I need you to set a bounds by the mountain. I grew up in the mountains. Y'all, you're not in the mountains, folks. I'll live down by the mountain. No, you know, that's a hill. It's not a mountain. You know, where I lived, we had mountains. Mountains. It'd be a tall mountain. I, I mean, we had a piece of property that literally the sun never hit it all winter. Have to pipe the sunshine in, they said. Mountains. Didn't see the sun. Never saw a sunrise or sunset until I was eight years old. Didn't see the sun, sunlight until 10. Went down about three. Over that holler where I lived. And uh, I grew up in the mountains. You, if it's a cliff, you know where the mountain begins. If, it, if it's just a straight high wall, you could say, yep, the mountain begins right there. But not typical mountains. 
I've seen documentaries on Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai is a gradual slope. It's not a cliff to climb. Moses didn't have to go up a high wall to get to the top of the mountain where the Lord would speak. Matter of fact, still today on the top of Mount Sinai, it's still burnt. Nothing grows there. Because that's where God visited his people in a thick cloud, lightnings and thunderings, and the voice of God spoke out to Moses. And the people could hear it. Let me just tell you, the kingdom of God is about the king. Can I just insert this? Quit, don't, quit putting pressure on the preacher to, 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 to cook your gospel medium well with some sautéed onions and peppers and a little side of parsley and you know, get those mashed potatoes at, at, at 75 degrees and sprinkled scallions on there with hot butter and make that a little bit of spicy garlic butter, you know, you know, because if I don't get it, I'm shoving the plate back. We're not careful that we will become spoiled Christians. At the end of the day, you can do whatever you want to the steak. It's still cow. If we're not careful that we'll have to have our pastor to be so professional in his delivery and forget that it's still the gospel. I, I just need the gospel. Somebody come in that's hungry, that's never heard it. They don't care if it's medium well, if it's well done. Amen. They want it. They are hungry. Let's be hungry for the gospel. Because if we're not careful, man, I feel this. If we're not careful, the Bible says that Moses gave a bill of divorcement when Jesus said it wasn't so from the beginning, but he changed what he preached because of the hardness of the people's heart. Do you want a preacher that's going to change what he feels and convicted by to please a church that's satisfied? Or do you want somebody that's going to set the boundary where God said set the boundary? Come on, this is a pop culture. This isn't an American church. We've got to be the church of Jesus Christ or we're not the church. We're not the church. And I heard many years ago, Scott Graham preach, and I'll be a few more moments here today, but I feel this in the spirit, that, that you have to ask yourself a question, is Brother Lavelle, where does the mountain begin? He said, I want you to set the bound. And if they touch the boundary or the mountain, they'll die. By the way, 3,000 people died because they had their own boundaries. I just think the pastor's too strict. You know, the pastor down the road, he lets... I don't know if I go to that church, they have standards. Can I just be honest with you? Every church has a standard. It's a bad example, but I'm going to give it anyhow. If I was preaching out of the church that maybe had a less standard, and I, I got in the pulpit and started preaching, and I started, you know, I get wound up when I'm preaching, you know. But I undid my tie. Probably nobody say anything. But like he's probably throat swelling a little bit, veins popping out, you know. But, yeah. I take off my coat, probably nobody say anything. But when I reach up and start unbuttoning that shirt, even people don't have standards, going to be like, oh. I doubt any of them say, you know what? This is a relevant church. You know, we, we can preach with no shirt on, glory to God. Every church has a standard. But the question is, has that pastor heard from God? Hold on a minute, hold on a minute. Hold on a second. Or is he hearing from the people? Because he's nothing more than a hireling to make them feel good about things that God hates. That's not grace, that's disgrace. That's not love. That's a wolf in sheep's clothing. We need the word of God. We need somebody preaching us the truth. Let's all stand our feet and clap our hands and say, I need him. I need God in my life. Hallelujah. 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 I need his word. Build a fence around me, Jesus. Don't let me be lost. All you young people need to listen to your mom and daddy. The reason they give curfews is because they love you. I had a young person tell me, remain standing, then come use it. I had a young person come to me with that one time. They said, I wish my mom and dad, I wish my parents would give me a curfew. 
You know, I, I look like Garfield's out. You know that dog in Garfield? <laughs> Jaw dropped, tongue rolled out. What? You mean you're telling me you want limitations? You want a fence in your life? Yeah, because then I'd know they care about me. That's what they told me. God, give us, give us an understanding that the word of God it's not bondage. It's love. It's preservation. It's value. Samson, I don't want you to be like everybody else because there's a call of God on you. You're the light of the world. You're, you're precious to the Lord. Stay out of the vineyards. Don't marry a Philistine. Samson, listen, Dad. There's greatness in your future. Whatever you do, don't go beyond that boundary that Moses set. I, I sometimes wonder how many of those were maybe teenagers that went up and said, honey, you remember when our kids were small and you know, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. And you say, don't touch that. You know what they do? If, if, if this is the object, I'm like, devil. And the Lord said, no, flesh. That ain't the devil. That's natural. One time I saw her pull Lakin's hair. I saw it in the rearview mirror. Jerked her hair. I looked back, he looked like Dennis the Menace. Before he did it, I looked at his hands, was going like this. He looked at her hair and he looked at his hands, looked at her hair, looked at his hands. Finally, he said, ah! She screamed, ah! I said, sorry, why in the world did you do that? He said, the devil made me do it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. He said, he said, something's controlling me. That's what he said. <laughs> no, it's not. You need a spanking on your knee. <laughs> we need a dad that says we don't do that. We don't talk that way. We do not get that angry. You're not getting depressed like that. You're better than that. Get up, pull, your, pull yourself up. We, we're the people of God. We need a dad that'll stand, a mom that won't let him lose. We need that. I'm not insecure. I'm not trying to keep my job. But we need parents that said that's the Moses in our life. We know that God sent us here. That's the boundary he set. That's the boundary we'll keep. Doesn't matter what somebody down the road is doing, Brother Nehemiah. We have to have fences in our life. Where's the mountain begin? You study it and prove me wrong, wrong later if you want. But the mountain began where Moses set the boundary. Wherever he said it, God honored it because the Lord knew he was raised in that day and understood culture enough to say no to some things that aren't black and white in Scripture. You better give me chapter and verse or I'm not going to do it. Well, smoking crack cocaine is not in the scripture. Amen. Thou shalt not smoke crack cocaine. It's not there. But there are principles that help us set boundaries in every age of culture. And that's why God calls a man of God that will love his word and love his voice enough to say to awesome people like this soul winner right here that God's called here. God's doing a new thing, isn't he, Lavelle? But look at you and say, don't let that in your life anymore. Keep this away. Set some boundaries here because you're valuable to the Lord. Lift your hands. God's, God's, God's calling you. That's why you felt that way. Go ahead. God's calling you. Go ahead, Lavelle. Let the Lord touch you even now. Remain standing all over the building. Well, if you study scripture, and I promise I close. It's the last point that I can't get away from. Judgment in scripture is when the Lord shut the mouth of the preacher in your life. When God told the preacher, well, Saul, for example, he told him again and again and again, and he wouldn't obey Samuel. The Lord said to Saul, he said, I'll bless you as long as you listen to the man of God, as long as you obey my commandments. Three times, 
He did his own thing because he's doing what the people want him to do. I'm not here to do what you want me to do. We can call each other friends, but there's limits in that. There's limits on that. And I feel something in the spirit. And the Lord told Samuel, leave him alone. I'm done with him. Samuel walks away and when, when Saul finally hit him, God's removing the man of God from my life. He turns and falls on his garment and rips the garment of the prophet. And he said, so shall the kingdom be rent from your hand. And he ended up turning to witches because it was over. Everybody say reprobate. I know it's not popular today to preach about being reprobate, but it's in the Bible. Reprobate is when God removes any voice of the prophet from your life. You've walked over message, off, over instruction, over correction. I'm going to do my own thing. You've jumped every fence, every hurdle between you and hell. And finally God says, if you don't want it, I'll take him out of your life. And he can't hear from God for you anymore. When I called people and I said, the Lord has spoke to me about you. You need to repent and I'm weeping and crying. That's mercy. When I'm up here pleading and tears in my eyes, it's me standing before you and eternity and saying, turn from your sin, turn from your unrighteousness, turn from the things that God does not like. It's judgment beginning at the house of God. But all of a sudden, if you're not careful, God removes the preacher. And he no longer hears from God for you. And that is reprobate. It's over. And reprobate is when God turns you over to yourself. A life with no law. A life with no limits. And a life with no pastor. It's reprobate. And you'll do things you never thought you'd do. You'll have thoughts you never thought you'd have and feel good about it. Conscience, the Bible says, will be seared with a hot iron. The best preacher you've ever heard is not in this pulpit or anywhere else. It's the conscience that God gave you. Every time you can weep, every time you can cry, every time you can feel convicted, every time you say, I know this is wrong what I'm doing, that's mercy of God. Don't push it another day. If you're watching online, you listen to this preacher, you get in your living room on your knees at that couch and you say, oh my God of heaven, oh my God of heaven, I don't want to be a sinner. I don't want to stand in judgment and be cast into the lake of fire. Oh God, I want to listen to the preacher. I want to listen to the gospel. Lord, I want to give my heart to you again, oh God. I need fences in my life where I'm going to self-destruct and be lost for eternity. Save me. That's repentance. Quit ignoring the word. We're that close to the rapture. We're that close to the end. We don't have time to play tiddly winks with the gospel. We got to get a heart right. We got to get my heart right. Come on, all over this building, begin to pray. Stop the music for a minute. I want everybody to begin to seek God. Everybody. everybody in the building if you're physically able I think you ought to get on your knees and humble yourself before God come on if you're physically able get on your knees and humble yourself before God the Lord is stirring those watching by way of the web if you're in a place you can I want you to get on your knees humble yourself and say I'm wrong I'm tired of being my own pastor own boss, leading my own life. I don't want to be lost. I need a Moses. I need an Apostle Paul. I need somebody in my life to tell me what's not pleasing to God.
But when they had no king, they did that which was right in their own eyes and it was sinful. Today I need God. Destruction's in my future if I don't follow the word of God, the thou shalt nots of the law. It's because I want it doesn't make it right. I need forgiveness. I need healing. Come on, you don't have to leave here bound. I'm not preaching against you. I'm preaching for you. He wants to set you free from the things you cannot get away from. But he needs you to ask for forgiveness first. I need you, oh God. Come on, the Lord is calling this church to repentance. He's calling this church to repentance. <laughs> oh God come on that's it everybody on the web right now everybody in this room seek the face of God <laughs> I don't want my children to be lost I don't want my spouse to be lost Oh God, let me fall in love with your word again. <laughs> let me fall in love with your word again. <laughs> Come on, it's all right to cry out from your heart to the Lord. Oh God. Give us passion again for the things that are holy and righteous and pure. I don't want my children to fall into bondage. And the depression, oh God, and fear and chaos. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.